Jeremiah Iroff, what's up, dude? Thanks for having me on, dude. Thank you for uh, for coming on. Before we tell everybody a little bit about you, we gotta we gotta tell everybody about the weird synchronicity that brought us together. It was so funny. Uh, so so we uh, rent our office suite in a building, and there's other on the different floors. There's other offices, and uh, Donald and I, you guys all who have watched the podcast for a while, know about Donald. Donald and I were out to lunch or coffee or something and we came back. We're like, hey, let's stop off on the third floor and see like what's new. And we walk by and we see there's a podcast studio in there. We're like, what the hell? We've never seen this before. And so we say what's up to the guys, but they were kind of busy doing something. And so we went up about, you know, back to our daily routine and went back to work. And all of a sudden I get a friend from my friend and mentor, Dan Fulkerson, a big personal injury attorney who's obviously been on the podcast a couple of times. And Dan texts me, he's like, hey, are you in your office? I'm like, yeah. He's like, hey, I'm, uh, I'm downstairs. Why don't you come down? I'm shooting a podcast. So it's just so weird that he was shooting a podcast with you guys. And uh, we connected. Turns out we have jujitsu in common, the media stuff, podcast, cool life stories. And uh, yeah, so why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you, yourself, Jeremiah? Uh, my name is Jeremiah Irov. I'm based out of San Diego. Uh, I have a content creation, content marketing agency. Based out of here, we mainly work with uh, attorneys all over the country, and then that's sort of what brought me into this office. Yeah, man, it's uh, pretty cool. So, so tell everybody a little bit about how you grew up and uh, what led you to what you're doing now. So I grew up uh, born and raised here in San Diego, and grew up um, sort of a harder life, and around when I was like just graduated high school, I ended up sleep uh, ended up on the streets homeless and um but i wasn't a homeless that wanted to be homeless i was even looking around at the other guys i was like i may be sleeping on the streets but i'm not a bum you know what i mean a lot yeah. of these guys are they're bums um uh, from mentality to everything i didn't want to panhandle money um so funny enough was my brother was homeless because we grew up in the foster system right so my brother awalt from the foster system when he was like 16 and he enjoyed the freedom of the homeless lifestyle, and it's it is sort of free. Think about camping, but on the streets, not in the wilderness. Yeah. Um, so when I became homeless, he he's like sort of he's my younger brother too. Funny enough, two years younger, he was giving me the tips like, oh, put your wallet in your back pocket like this, so it's harder to steal. If you have a bike, tie a tie a string to it to your leg, so if someone tries to steal it, it'll wake you up. And you know, uh, so. So then uh, I was trying to figure out, like, how do I get out of this situation? I'm homeless. I don't want to be homeless. How do I get out of this situation, right? I didn't want to panhandle like everyone else was doing um, because I always felt like, what if I asked you for a dollar, Kevin, and then next week ask you for a job? You're going to remember me as the guy who asked you for a dollar. Right. And it's not a good look. So I would go to business. And this is 2000 and. 10 to 2010 2009 2010 and so the market was in a deep recession mm. from the 2008 recession so business weren't doing that good but i went business to business to business asking them hey first i would ask them can i get a job 100 percent no right and then i was like well okay i can't have a job well do you guys need help sometimes do you need help like maybe cleaning washing dishes uh, washing the windows, cleaning the floors, mopping, whatever, you know, I could go get stuff for you, whatever it is. Not, like 99.9% .9 of people said no. But eventually, a pizza shop, uh, it's it's called, it, it's not the friendly, but it's where the friendly is now in North Park, 30th and uh, Adams. Okay. So that pizza shop was, was uh, I think it was called Mario's Pizza Shop or something like that. Okay. And... They're like, yeah, man, you, you know, uh, clean our windows, uh, mop the floors, clean the tables. And first it was, we'll give you a pizza. Okay. Like, hey, I'll, I'll, take, I'll, I'll take, take it, you food, know, right? it's opportunity, you know yeah. what I mean? And eventually I, I was showing up and I was, they're like, well, we'll give you five bucks and a pizza. Right. And I was like, hey, I'll take it. Then there was an Ethiopian coffee shop that was next door. And then those guys were like, hey, I see what you're doing. Can you come mop our floors, clean our tables as well? And We'll pay you $20 and give you lunch. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, solid. I, I, I would do that. Eventually, and then um, one thing I did as well, I forgot to mention, was at some point I got access to a computer, right? So back then, not everyone had cell phones. Yeah. Right? And, and they were like, 
the original smartphones and everyone sort of had not a smartphone. Um, so eventually I got access to a computer and I remember using Google and I said, I typed in how to not be homeless. <laughs> for real, I'm like, how do I not? I was I, I looking for answers. Yeah. How do I not be homeless? You know what I mean? Because who do you ask this? Right. Who, who get, you know? And I remember it's, it had like one of those, uh, those how-to websites. I don't know if you guys remember them, but they're like- Like WikiHow or something? Yeah, WikiHow. It was like yeah. a WikiHow. And it was like, step one, you need a cell phone. Step two, you need a um, an address because if you go get a job, they need to be able to gotta be able to put an address there. Yeah, you need a cell phone because if you get a job, they need to be able to call you back. So I was like, okay, well, step one is um, step one and two is get an address, get a phone. So I was able to actually find one of these uh, like an Alpha Project satellite where I was able to get an address. Yeah, uh, it was on 30th and University or 30th right um, street over from University, and then I would go hustle at all the restaurants that I was hustling for, eventually saved up $80 and got me a, a, a cricket phone, a little cricket phone. It was like, I forgot, it was like super cheap. It was 80 bucks and I forgot how much the the um, the fees were at the time. It was probably cheap, like 15 bucks a month or something like yeah, that. Something yeah, something crazy. Yeah. Um, Which now looks like such a small thing, but back then it's like such a big- Well, when you you're know, homeless, like yeah. that's, that's a lot of money. Yeah. But I was ambitious. Yeah. Then eventually I led to this gym in North Park. It's not there anymore. It's moved over to City Heights called Undisputed. And I went in and it was just like, I just got super lucky, man. Like I went in because I was a, a wrestler in high school. And, and when you're homeless, you have nowhere to take a shower. I would go weeks without taking a shower, unfortunately. You know, I would have to bird bath it in the Burger King bathroom. Um, so I needed a place to take a shower. I wanted a place to work out. And I've, before I went to Undisputed, I actually went to this place called Boulevard Fitness. Okay. And they had they just opened up. Someone told me that they were get, having a grand opening special where like the, I think it was like 15 bucks a month with the grand opening special, right? And I was like, I could do 15 bucks a month, have a place to shower, maybe get a locker, have like my valuable things, you know, yeah. like the birth certificate, I could get that stuff. And I went in, they showed me around and I was like, okay, cool. Like, so how much is the membership? They're like, I forgot, 30 something dollars a month. I was like, 30 something dollars a month. Um, but you guys have a grand opening special, right? Oh, they're like, no, that's over. I'm like, but you guys have the sign outside. It says grand opening special. They're like, no, it's over. I'm like, but because the sign's outside, I get that that special, right? Right. They're like, no, that just means we have to bring in the sign. And I was like, okay, I see what it is. Fuck yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, then I went to Undisputed and just fate had it. I, I talked to David Ventura and he told me the prices of the gym was like 130 bucks a time and when you're homeless bro yeah. 130 bucks is like ten thousand dollars yep um and i was like so hey can i shot my shot like i did with everyone else could i get a discount if i clean the gym you know just shooting my shot and he said as a matter of fact we need a new cleaning guy can you start tomorrow and i was like whoa yeah absolutely but i clean the gym how much do i have to pay he's like no you clean the gym you don't have to pay anything yeah and i was like Boom, showed up. Let's it go. was August 2nd, 2010 is when I joined that gym. And that was literally the root of where I'm at today. Everything, all my connections from everything mm -hmm. rooted from that gym. And from there, I, from there, my teammate Milan, his dad owned, uh, not owned, but he ran, he was the captain of a fishing boat. So from there, I went commercial fishing, caught 88 tons of albacore tuna. Damn. Out in North Pacific, yeah came back with a little bit of money. Um, I wanted to start like a business and all that stuff, but I had so many people telling me what to do with my money. Yeah. Like, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about getting a truck, starting a landscaping business, this and that. Oh, how much is it? Oh, I'm gonna pay five grand for this truck and buy everything. Oh, five grand for the truck is way too much. You should do this or you should do that. You should do that. You should do this. Now, I keep in mind, I was 20, 21 at the time. Yeah. And so I had so many people giving me so many, inf so much information that I sort of did like nothing. Sort of like the wasted the money a little bit. Yeah. And eventually, my um, my friend came uh from Texas. He's like, hey, me and my my stepdad were freelancing um construction out in Texas. Do you want to come to Texas? I was like, yeah. Spent the very last money a uh, bit of money I had on my ticket. Flew out to Texas, and started building houses out there. Damn. Came, okay. Came back to San Diego on my twenty second birthday, and started a window cleaning business. 
So I went business, business, cleaning windows. From there, I eventually became a barber. So I started cutting hair and I was a really damn good barber. Yep. And I loved it and all that stuff, but it wasn't making me the type of money I wanted to make. Yeah. And I was like, and on top of that was when I would look outside the window in North Park and see everyone having a good time and I'm stuck inside, I was like, I can't do this life. You know what I mean? Yep. So then I started like messing around with the camera because I was uh, marketing my, my haircutting. And then I just eventually got so good with the camera that I was like, I could do this for other people. Yep. So then I jumped into the marketing and the, and the videography, which then led me to um, now marketing, creating content for attorneys. Yep. So it's a little, you know, I left a, a, some stuff out, but you got to make the story a little bit short, you know, yeah. concise. Well, I want to highlight something. So you did something that a lot of people just don't do, which is fucking bizarre because it's very simple, is you Googled how to get out of your situation, right? Mm -hmm. When people are in a situation, if you're listening to this and maybe you want to make more money, maybe you want to leave your job and go get a better job or go start a business or whatever it is, the answer is out there. And like you said, who do you ask? about how not to be homeless. Like the answer is out there and it's out there now more than it ever has been. And actually, if you guys use chat GPT, you can literally ask it anything. Like Carlos and I the other day were installing this record player and trying to get it all set up. It wasn't working. So I literally asked chat GPT, like, who do we ask about this? Right. Mm -hmm. The, the record shop didn't have the answer the you know we wanted to get it set up now we don't want to wait so what we did was we went to chad gpt mm -hmm. we said here's the model of the actual uh table and then here's the model of the speakers mm -hmm. here's what we did why is this not working and it gave us the exact answer basically one of the knobs we had to push that was it and yeah. it told us that <laughs> so but this is obviously before chad gpt but you asked you went out and you found the answer so most people will just sit and go, well, I guess the answer's not there. Guess I'm fucked. Guess I'm stuck in this position. Guess I'm never getting out of this situation, which is just not true. You just have to take one step forward every time. And one thing that you did because of WikiHow or whatever it was, mm -hmm. was you broke it down into actionable steps. So even if you're stressed, if you're stuck with stress, a lot of people will ignore that. They'll let stress just weigh on them. Mm -hmm. But really, you need to create step-by-step -step actions to get out of your situation and sometimes it starts with googling it so you have to you have to you have to want to find the answers yeah to your situation some people actually don't want the answers i used to feel so depressed going to the taco shop going to vons or whatever and seeing people make minimum wage and because i saw myself as them at one point like in this rat race like you live in san diego san diego's the most expensive city in the country right now yep and and it was expensive back then too so I'm like, you would have to work two jobs and you would have to have someone, a partner working two jobs in order to make it out here. Yeah. Living that lifestyle. And I'll get so depressed and I'll be like, man, if only like they knew that they, they knew that they could easily make way more money. But it's so funny because it's just funny how things change because at one time you were homeless and you were looking at people with jobs like, fuck, I wish I could just, I mean, you're cleaning a gym for a free gym membership. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's just funny how perspective changes. And, and sometimes uh, I find myself being ungrateful for where I'm at and then being like, wait, hold up. I remember when I literally could not get food. Like I literally yeah. had to, it was either pay rent or get food or cut payroll yeah. or get food. And you know, now it's like I look at the problems that I have now, which sometimes seem to be big problems, and they're really not, yeah. not at all, you know? I used to be 170, 170 pounds, and I could not afford to eat. It was either I could eat breakfast or I could eat dinner. And I yeah. could only choose one. I can't have them both. So I did a lot of fasting. Yeah. Hey, that's good. Intermittent fasting, I guess. <laughs> you know, you find a good way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. So um, so when you started at uh, Undisputed, so mm -hmm. did you start training jujitsu there or or? Yeah. So, when did you start training jujitsu? So that's that's when I started training jujitsu. I was nineteen. Um, I had so eventually I was showing up at the gym so much that um, I got hired. Okay. And started making um, some little bit of money, and I took what little money I had and I bought a, a cheap gi. Mm -hmm. And then I, I started training with uh, Barrett Yoshida. Yeah. And um, and got my ass messed up. Like I got worked. You know what I mean? And I got beat up so bad. I just remember thinking like, I did not get beat up for no reason. Yeah. I will keep showing up every single day until 
I don't get beat up anymore. Yep. And I did, and I got beat up a lot, and I kept showing up every single day until, um, until you know, until I wasn't really getting beat up anymore. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, it's crazy with your with your size and your wrestling skills from yeah. before. It's crazy you're still walking in there and getting your ass whooped. But I mean, you're training with some UFC fighters and some. What are you talking some... about Barrett? Barrett Barrett's a, like a smaller guy. Yeah, like 135 pounds or something like that. Yeah, and he's like working 350 pound bouncers yeah. like really strong guys and it was really humbling because you would look at someone like Barrett and you'd be like this guy's not gonna fuck me up like come yeah on, bro I'm like I'm a big guy like I'm gonna whoop his ass yep and then you learn really quickly how that's not the case yeah and it's, it's really very very humbling they you learn in jiu-jitsu never underestimate the a smaller guy yeah technique beats size you know and and it's uh it's funny because my first jujitsu class i remember i i went to uh it was actually with my coach now but it was before i knew him at the at the weird situation for another time but i was training and when when somebody new comes into the gym if it's a good gym people are usually pretty chill they don't fuck them up like they let them win a little bit but nobody tells you nobody tells you and you don't know because how are you going to know right and the natural reaction for pretty much everybody on their first day is damn i'm really good at this because people are being nice and they're letting them you know win mm -hmm. so i remember my first day i rolled with like five or six people and i just kept submitting them kept beating them and i have you know a little bit of wrestling in my background and uh i was like man i'm gonna be really good at this and then this guy from my gym named pedro brazilian guy uh him and i went after it and he just fucking smoked <laughs> me and i remember leaving going like okay maybe i maybe i had this wrong but yeah jujitsu is so humbling because it teaches you like even when you think you know something there's somebody who is is completely different than you that knows way more and uh yeah i mean we, we have uh some black belts that are small like 120 pounds but they would there's no chance you know it's yeah. crazy one of the biggest things i learned from jujitsu and i'm so glad I, I got into it early as a young man is i used to uh growing up on the streets you're you're very quick to violence as, as soon as you feel someone testing you or you, you feel like you have you have to turn up like you literally have like three seconds to turn up yeah you know or else uh, you're just gonna get disrespected by bigger people people with like so in order, like, it's a survival tactic um, growing up in the streets. And what I learned in jiu-jitsu was that shit doesn't work in the gym. You have to you have to learn how to control yourself, control yeah. your temper. And I remember one day I was rolling with Milan Bakic, and I, I was a white belt. He was a purple belt at the time. And I just remember, like, he had me in his guard, and, you know, he has this koala bear thing where it's like he, he, um, he's, a, he's a linky guy. Yep. So he, he scissors his legs around your ribs and then reaches around and, like, squeezes. The squeezes. Shit out of you. And he's yeah. broken people's ribs, like, way before. Yeah. Um, so it, it works. And I just remember I couldn't get out of it. I didn't know how, so I just got mad. And... And eventually he started laughing at me. He's like, "Where did that? What did that get you? Yeah, you're still in the same situation, and now and you're you tired. lost energy, and you lost energy, and now you're tired. Yeah. And since that day, and it's been 13 years now or something like that, I've never gone that way ever again. Yeah. And you also learn how to stay calm in stressful situations and yeah. weather the storm. Yep. And that a lot of things in jujitsu are applicable to business and life. And I've used everything I learned from jujitsu. And I've used that in life and in business. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's it. Jujitsu is a spiritual thing. Like it, it definitely. And there's something we talked about this yesterday, but there's something about when you get a belt promotion or, or you know, there's something that psychologically changes, probably connected to the subconscious. But there is real evolution that happens through the jujitsu journey. And it's just, you know, when you look at your mentality and your perspective before you go into jujitsu and then afterwards, like you said, you learn how to stay calm in stressful situations because you got a big guy who can overpower or even a small guy who can overpower you and has better technique and you're struggling to breathe, trying not to get tapped out. That translates into you get into an argument with a customer and you realize like, hey, I need to just chill, right? This guy's spazzing out at me a little bit. I need to just chill, let him tire himself out, and then I'm going to go after it, right? Mm -hmm. So in jiu-jitsu, same thing. Some new white belt might be going all crazy running at you, and we've always we've all been that person, but you let them tire themselves out, and then you take them down, right? So 
jujitsu is so applicable to everything. And um, it shows you also patience too, because mm-hmm. when, I, when I first signed up at the gym, I was like, oh, okay, okay, I'm gonna be a black belt by this time. And you just that think case. that things are gonna go, you know, the way that you want it and that timelines are, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, things get in the way or things happen and, and it doesn't happen like that. But um, it shows you that, you know, even if you have to have a plan, things are gonna change. Exactly. And I feel like now, like most people don't make it past Blue Belt. Yeah. You're most people are the most excited at Blue Belt. That's when they're the most motivated. Um, very few people make it to Purple Belt. That's why it's, it's a meme, right? The uh, Blue Belt who retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and what you learn, like now I'm 32 years old and I've came to terms that I'm not going to be a world champion. Like I wanted to be a 22 year old black belt. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't just that I just wanted to be a black belt. It's like I wanted to be a young black belt and compete at a high level. But, you know, obviously, like um, I didn't have the gift. Um, so that didn't pan out for me. But now I still do jujitsu. And it's just because it's a part of my life. And I honestly don't care because at some point when I get my black belt, there's going to be some point in my life where I have been a black belt longer than all the other belts put together. Yep. So now now it's just a part of my life and I just enjoy doing it. It's part like I feel like it's like my church. Yeah. No, and and it's it's part of your routine, ritual, whatever you want to call it, but you you mentioned something which is most people don't make it past blue belt. A lot of people retire give up at blue belt and they just stop. They lose motivation. They they get that reward of like getting to blue belt and they're no longer a white belt, but then they, and that takes year, you know, some people four or five years, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it can, it's a, it's a process. And then they see how much longer they have to go to get to where they're trying to go black belt or whatever, but it's the same in business, right? Like so many, we'll just use real estate agents as an example. Mm-hmm. So many real estate agents sign up, you know, they, they become, they sign up with a brokerage, they become a real estate agent, they mm-hmm. go out, they close a couple deals, and then they're off to the next thing that they're chasing something in, right? Shiny object syndrome. Yeah, 100%. They think it's going to happen faster and the grass is always greener on the other side. But people always, though, if you have the mentality that you're going to commit to whatever you're doing for the long haul, like for me, when I started the podcast, for me, when I started jujitsu, for me, when I started in business, there is no barrier that's going to stop me other than death. Mm-hmm. There is no barrier that will get me to quit. You can throw anything in my way and I, I'm not going to quit. There's a couple things in, in my life that I've had that level of commitment and every single one of them, I've gotten what I wanted. And you have to have that, mm-hmm. right? So you were not going to be homeless. You knew that that was not going to be the case. A lot of people don't get out of that. A lot of people get stuck and they go deeper down the rabbit hole. So and a, lo- a, lot of pe- a lot of people, what happens is they don't know how to handle the hurdles. So it took me, uh, technically it took me about, uh, almost five years to not be homeless. Yep. Took it was a five year journey to not be homeless anymore. Um, I only slept on the streets for the one year, and then but I was sleeping in the gym for a few years. When I was in Texas, I, I didn't have a place in Texas. I was sleeping on the job site. Yep. I was I was using the shovel. I was using the bathroom outside with a shovel. I was Damn. taking. I hooked a hose to a watering well, and that's how I would shower. You know. Yep. Then I came back and I was still living in the gym, you know what I mean? Um, and it took it took me a while to work my way out of that homelessness. And this is what I learned. I felt so accomplished when I finally stopped being homeless, right? Yep. I was like, oh man, I feel so accom- accomplished. I feel like I could do anything. And I genuinely felt that way. I felt I was uh, powerful. Yeah. I felt that I literally could do it. And I still feel that way. But what I've learned in my third, like this was when I was like, 24 and 25 and then what I learned as I turned 30 was I can do everything I I could do anything I literally can but now I understand the time it takes to get good at these things yep so now I would be wiser to choose one thing and stick with that one thing and only that one thing yeah yeah I mean imagine if you if you started when you started jujitsu right imagine if you also started training judo and you also took up, uh, you know, bass fishing, and you also took up, uh, you know, becoming a tattoo artist, and you all, you know what I mean? Like, you can do one of those things or two of those things really well, but if you want to get good at something, and if you want to have the actual reward of, of hitting that level, you have to commit to a very small amount of things, and when you look at highly successful people, they're really good at saying no. 
They're yes. really good at drawing boundaries, even when there's extremely good opportunities out there. Mm-hmm. Right. So like I all the time have opportunities to get free equity in business for consulting. I would make a good amount of money doing it, but I turn it down because it takes the only finite resource I have, which is time. Exactly. You only have so much time in a day, right? And you only have so much mental energy in a day. Exactly. So I think Jeff Bezos says he only has to make two or three decisions every single day, Yep. but he needs all his mental energy to make those two to three decisions. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, People think that they're, and here's another mistake people make when they go into business, is they try to do too many things at once, mm-hmm. right? They they want to, because they're seeing these, you know, YouTube videos of how to become a millionaire doing this and this and this, and it all looks good and they, they've been sold, right? And I was in the same boat. When I first started my business, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do this social media marketing company, which is what ended up making me millions. But I'm gonna do this social media marketing company, right? I'm also gonna sell on Amazon. I'm also gonna do uh, this private label supplement thing. I'm also gonna do this and this and this. And guess what? It's like, if you're trying, I use this metaphor all the time, but if you're trying to dig down to some gold that's six feet underground, you can dig a hundred holes. If one hole doesn't go six feet down, you're Mm -hmm. never gonna get the gold. So why not just put all that effort into one hole? Once you get the gold, you can start another hole, but fucking get to the gold. That, ha- that happened to me before. I was like, um, I was trying to do everything, right? Uh, I still loved cutting hair at one point, so I, wa- I still wanted to cut hair. And then I was still doing video, so I was doing video. And I was renting out luxury cars. And, I, and what ended up happening, I was doing so much at one time, and I was making some decent money doing them all. But it got to a point where I couldn't, like, everything just started crumbling. Mm. Everything started crumbling. Like I couldn't like put out this fire because I was also putting out this fire, and it got to a point where it's just like I had to like let it all go. Yep. I had to make the decision. I could have kept it all going, stre- been like stressed out all the time. But I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna let it all go, and I'm gonna choose one thing, and I'm only gonna do that one thing. Mm-hmm. No matter what the hurdle is, I'm gonna figure out. I'm gonna get over that hurdle because a lot of people start something shiny object syndrome, but what happens when they find out it's not as easy as it sounds? Yeah. Yeah, I could tell. I could give you the game plan. I could give you the strategy. Yep. But are you going to be able to make it over all these hurdles? And most people only have the tenacity to make it uh, to the first hurdle. Then it's not fun no more because it's not right. easy. They're like, oh, maybe I don't want that. Oh, well, th- this guy is making a bunch of money right here. Oh, shiny object syndrome. Yep. Maybe I'll go do that. Right. And then you hit your first hurdle. You're like, oh, it's not easy. And then you hear another shiny object. Oh, um, selling on Amazon. Oh, people are making a million dollars doing that. Yeah. I'm like, get into it. Boom, you hit your first hurdle and you're like, oh, it's not easy. And you just keep on doing that. You yeah. never get anywhere. It's a really, really vicious cycle. And, um, you know, that's the problem with YouTube is there's so many people teaching how to make money, right? But why are they, if they're so good at making money and it's so easy, why aren't they just sticking to the thing that's making the money? Why are they you know, selling the courses, right? Because they're, sell- they're, they're selling the game. They're not selling, actually doing it. Yeah, they're selling the shovel. They're not selling the gold. They're selling the shovel. Yeah. They're selling the gold, yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like you can, and there's a lot of fulfillment in showing other people how to do this stuff. That's why I have the YouTube channel. It's why I have this podcast. Like I want to give people the game that I wish I had when I was younger, right? Like that we, we both, I know, feel the same way. But my, my bread and butter is my bread and butter, right? The podcast doesn't make much, you know, it's my businesses yeah. that rolls all the money in. And, um, you know, that's where my main focus is. The podcast is, is here and it's my, luckily my business runs itself now. So this is pretty much my main focus, but yeah, it's, uh, well, the podcast is fun and it's a great way to network Yeah, and it doesn't make you direct money, maybe through AdSense or sponsorships or anything like that. But it makes it, it brings you to people that you might not have met. Yeah. You get to have a conversation. Um, and since you're putting out content, now people who normally wouldn't have seen you get to hear you. Yep. You know, so it, it, it does bring you money, but not in a direct way. It's a non tangible way yeah. of making money. Yeah. And it's funny because I have people all the time that are customers at one of my businesses and you know, I'll talk with them and they'll say, Oh hey, by the way, I, I love your your clips or I love your podcast and I'm like, Oh, I don't even know this person. They signed up through my business, but they also listen to the podcast. So it's cool because who knows, maybe one video connects the dots with somebody and gets them to move forward in the sales process because they heard that, right? So yeah, I mean, content, um, putting content out is 
probably the most valuable thing you can do today because your Instagram and your social media is the new business card, right? If people can't find you on social media, they're not going to want to do business with you because mm-hmm. there's lack of transparency. So I don't know. What do you think about that? I 100,000% agree. Um, right now, it's so easy to be out there. Everyone can find you. Yep. And you, I like to give content, like the content I like to give and I suggest giving what I uh, do with my clients, and I'm going to give it to you guys for free, um, educate educate the viewer people want to be educated people are looking for the answers just the same way i looked up how to not be homeless anymore i should make a video about that by the way yeah just thought about that Um, same way i googled how to not be homeless anymore now you can create content for somebody like that and you can literally make a video and they will watch it and they'll get so much value from that and you get a lifelong um supporter who eventually if you sell something they'll buy it because they're gonna be like you you help me not be homeless because of you i'm making money now yeah i want to like whatever you got to sell i want it you know because i'm a fan you know what i mean um if you're not creating content you're not educating and that's the biggest problem why a lot of people aren't seeing success in their content marketing they're not seeing success in their content marketing because they're thinking about selfishly them. How do I look good? How right. do I look cool? Right. When you stop thinking about yourself and you think about the person behind the screen and what behind the screen and what <laughs> they need and what they're looking for and where they're at in their business and what they're suffering from and how you can help them get over that hurdle. Yep. That's when you start seeing success. Well, it's, it's funny because that's how the world works, right? The universe is all like karma is real. So when you're going out and you're putting value out in the world, whether it's to somebody behind a camera or to somebody in person, right? When your intention, when your sole intention is so pure that you're just going out of your way to help this person, not expecting anything back in return, it somehow finds you back tenfold. I mean, it is unbelievable how that works. It's the same thing in content, right? If your content is all about me, how do I look? I want to look good, which we're all guilty of doing sometimes, right? It's the ego. Everybody has it. But if you can get out of that and you can get on focusing on the person behind the camera or your employee or your partner or whoever, right? It always comes back. It's so mm-hmm. weird how, how that whole thing, how the whole universe and energy works. Do you believe in law of attraction? Absolutely. Like attracts like. Okay. Like attracts like. You will, so birds of a feather flock together. It's right. one of my favorite sayings, right? Yeah. I don't even know if I say that right, but that's how I say it. That's and it, I think. Yeah. That's it, right? Birds of a feather flock together. So you will attract your tribe. Well, you ever notice negative people attract negative people? Yeah. Positive people attract positive people. Misery loves company, Misery right? loves company. Positivity also loves company as well. Yeah, yeah. You're, you that's know a good I mean? point. You wanna, when you vibrate high, you want to hang out with people who vibrate high. Yeah. Think about it. Like, Let's say I have a whole uh, team of people who vibrate high. I vibrate high. They sometimes let's say i'm depressed and we say i'm you know i lost a client broke up with someone whatever you know yep girlfriend left whatever it's like i come in my team's vibrating high i'm getting charged up again i'm vibrating high too yep but when when something bad happens to you and you're around negative people it's just gonna tank you yeah so like attracts like business people minded people like to attract business minded people yep and that's why they say you're uh I hate saying this because it's sort of cliche. Your net worth is your network. Yeah, your network net is your is net, net worth. worth. It's not cliche. Dude, that's a great. But it's true. It's, it's but, 100%. I mean, look, bro, if I didn't have a good relationship with Dan, right, we wouldn't have connected. Absolutely. Like, at least not on the level that we have now. You know, yeah. like, that's, that's crazy how that works. And also, you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. So mm-hmm. when I'm spending time with Dan, I, I told you, I'm like, bro, it's so weird. Whenever I meet up with Dan, I make more money. It's just guilt by association, Mm -hmm. right? It's the same kind of concept of like being around this person. They're just going to bring you up. And like you said, like you're, you're going to match somewhere around them or they're going to start to match you. So if you're hanging around with drug dealers and people who are negative and, and just bad people who are vibrating at a low frequency, Mm -hmm. you're going to attract yourself to that. And that, and that, and that's also why you'll end up leaving a lot of your friends behind. And because you're moving up here and for instance, like, um, wanted to become a millionaire, right? Jim Rohn said this. He says, you don't want to become a millionaire because of the million dollars, mm-hmm. right? You want to become a millionaire because of the person you have to become in order to make that million dollars. If you become that person and everyone loses their first million, so if you become that person, you lose your million, 
But because you're that person, you can become a millionaire again because you became the person who makes a million dollars. Yeah. You're not just a lottery winner. You didn't get lucky on a crypto dump. Yep. You actually became a person who, beca who became a millionaire. And that's the person you want to become and the people you want to network with. If I taught you how to bake oatmeal cookies, could you do it? Chocolate chip cookies. All right, chocolate chip. Let's use that. If I, <laughs> if I teach you how to make chocolate chip cookies right now, can you do it? Let's say you, let's say you do, right? I teach you how to make okay. chocolate chip cookies. You make those chocolate chip cookies. Boom, I took those chocolate chip cookies away. Can you make it again? Ooh. You have the formula. Yeah, if I have the formula, I can. I, I showed you the formula. Yeah. You did it. If you just made it for me, I wouldn't be able to make it. But right. if, you gave me the, if you gave me the formula and I was able to uh, watch you do it and, and imitate that, yeah. then yeah, I can make them. So it's the same thing with business, right? Like what I, and, and this is why the hard work that you put in, it's not temporary. It's an investment in your future self because right now, I have two companies that do really, really well. Mm -hmm. I have another company that's still growing and I've, I've got a couple things going that are really good. Building the podcast. You could take away everything, everything here. Take away all the cameras, the lights, the office, Start the over. employees, my money, my cars, my truck, my apartment. Put me in the, in the space, in the lowest place possible. I'll fight my way back and it'll probably happen three times faster than it did originally because I have the formula and I've done it before. Mm -hmm. So like if I, if I, teach you how to make oatmeal cookies. You do it once you have the formula and you can find the ingredients out mm -hmm. there. You can do that over and over and over again. I can take those cookies away from you as many times as possible. You can always start back over and it'll probably get faster and better every single time you do it. That's why it's good to be friend to Baker. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> but that's the thing is you, you, if you don't have the ingredients and mm -hmm. you don't know how to make oatmeal cookies, you're never going to make that. Exactly. So, if you don't have a mentor, if you don't have somebody to teach you and show you the way, hey, here's how I built a business or oatmeal cookies, right? If you don't have relationship capital with somebody who can loan you the ingredients, who can maybe invest in a business or invest their time in you to show you like a mentor, mm -hmm. you know, then, then you're just not going to get there. But it all starts with that one thing, which is asking trying to find the next step and creating actionable steps like you did. That's how I got my mentor uh, was he was posting his wins on, on a Facebook group. And I was like, there's no way, bro. Like ain't nobody making this type of money in this game. Like everyone else is like, they're, they're talking about their $2,000 win, their $3,000 win. This dude's like, just closed a $70,000 deal. Yep. Just made $130,000. And I was like, this guy's awful. This guy's full of it. There's no way. And I, and I started asking him some questions, you know, that um, if it was real, if it was, you know, he gave me like a very generic answer, but he kept posting his wins. I hit him up one day, I was like, hey man, how do I be like you? He's like, oh, I might give me a generator. You don't want to be like me, man. Be like yourself. But I kept hitting him up. I was like, hey, man, like, bro, like, can I, uh, can we talk on the phone? Can we do something? And we started talking on the phone, man. Just lucky enough, he, he liked me. Yeah. And he's been like mentoring me, and that's it's really helped grow my business exponentially because he's giving me the formulas that he himself had put in place. Yeah. Especially having a mentor who's in your space. I mean, that's everything, right? Did you have a mentor in your space in this? So my, I think my first mentor was Ty Lopez, right? And Ty Lopez is a course guru. He's kind of yeah. like the sort of model we were talking shit about before, but I'll tell you, Ty Lopez, get, and, and look, most people that take courses online are failures. They fail yeah. because they don't stick it out. They, when it gets hard, they don't stick it out, right? But I remember seeing a video of Ty Lopez talking to some 19 year old kid and, or 17, 18 year old kid. And I remember he said, Hey, you went through my course. How's your social media marketing company doing? And he's like, dude, we just had a $40,000 a month. And just like you said, I was like, no fucking way. That's bullshit. There's no way. And that made me kind of procrastinate getting started. But eventually I started and now we do like 300,000 a month. Like now we're, we're, if I did 40,000 a month, I would be panicking because I'd have to figure out how to pay all the bills, how to pay our employees, you know, like. So first you have to think it's possible, but second, you have to have a mentor. So, so Ty Lopez was definitely my, my first mentor because he got me started and he showed me, you know, but I had mentors before that because I worked for a company called Beacon Payments mm -hmm. and the two owners of that company and my sales manager, district manager, whatever, they took me under their wing. But that doesn't happen if you don't show them that you want it. So when you hit up your mentor, he hit, you know, you hit him up once and he kind of pushed you off you know, but when you keep coming and people see that you are here and you're showing up and you want to put in the work and you're willing to do whatever it takes, 
whenever I see somebody like that, that, that is, that has that tenacity and has that drive, I will do anything to make sure they're successful because I know that my time isn't wasted. People have this misconception that rich people or successful people want to hoard all this knowledge and information for themselves. They don't want to give it to somebody that's going to squander it. Right? So they actually, people who are successful want to see somebody that reminds them of themselves and that's what my mentors did. They saw their younger selves in me. And now with a lot of my employees, like Donald or any of them, I see a little bit of myself or something where I'm like, okay, these people want it. It's a good investment. I don't get anything from it. I mean, I guess if they're my employees, I do. But it's about the drive and the fact that it's not going to be wasted, right? It's, it's all about that apprenticeship. Like successful people want to pass on their knowledge that they gather, that that brings them happiness doing that. Yep. Of course, they're not going to waste their time with everybody because time is finite. So you're, you're going to want to spend time with people who are going it, to – it's a sense of pride for them. When they give you this knowledge and you implement it and you become successful, they feel so good inside. Mm-hmm. And some of the most giving people I ever met were successful people. Yeah. The hardest workers I ever met were successful people. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy because I'll, I'll get people that hit me up on Instagram or on Facebook or wherever all the time. Hey bro, I have this question. I want to start a business. I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm like, Hey, that's awesome. I do a group call on zoom that's live and it's completely free every Friday at 1 PM Pacific time. If you want to show up, show up, let's get on the call and answer any of your questions. Sick dude. Thanks. Hey, here's this link where you can sign up. You'll get a notification, um, reminding you of the call. Just join Are you free Friday at one. Yeah. I got nothing going on. I don't even have a job. Okay, cool. And then they don't show up. You think I'm going to fucking track them down? No, because they're not willing to put in the work on themselves to even show up for the answer. If you were given an opportunity like that, when you were in your situation, would you have showed up? If you're trying to learn, I I would show up an hour and a half early. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. So when people do show up, I'm like, all right, they're here. And when they show up again, okay, cool. I'm, I'm in, I'm going to, I'm going to invest my time and resources into you because I know it's going to help you get to that next step. You know, I remember I used to, um, for opportunities that didn't even pan out, I, cause I didn't get my first car until I was 25. Yep. You know, I used to ride this like 30 year old, um, mountain bike, you know, it was like terrible, but it was like my little truck. I used to call it my F-150. <laughs> nice. And, um, I remember I would ride my bike an hour and a half just for this one meeting. I would show up like I wanted to be there on time. I would show up an hour and a half. I would show up an hour and a half early after riding an hour and a half and I would chain my bike, chain my bike up. Hold on. Yeah. I would chain my bike up like around the corner because I didn't want them to see me like pull up on a bike. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and I would just, I would do that for every opportunity that I could. And a lot of opportunities didn't pan out, but I never stopped and I always kept looking, always searching yeah. forever the student, forever searching the master. Yeah. And and I've I've been lucky with, with that with that strategy. Life, business, jujitsu, anything that you want to be successful in long term, you have to always be the student. You know, you tend to have these times where you have these highs and you think you figured it all out, you got it. And you always have to I always have to remind myself, hey bro you don't always know everything and you all there's always somebody doing better than you. So you always have to do what you can to learn from them. There's always somebody doing worse than you and mm-hmm. you have to do what you can to realize that you're not there anymore. You know, another thing to keep in mind too, like I've spent a lot of money on mentorship. I spent a lot of money on, um, on courses and education and all, and, uh, um, um, workshops and stuff. Yep. And I would say like 90% of that, didn't use any of it. Yep. Like really like unusable, but 10% of it was good. Carlos, isn't that funny? That's literally the ratio I use for the, I'll, I'll tell you in a second, but <laughs> yeah, it's real, real quick before we forget. Yeah, tell me, tell um, me. Oh, I, I, I always use this metaphor of like marketing or getting a mentor or investing in coaching and stuff like that. I always say it's literally the same metaphor, the same ratio you just said is like, even if nine out of 10 of them don't work, that one 10%, that one that works is going to be way more fruitful than what you invested. So if you're running Facebook ads or if you're hiring marketing companies, you might have to try 10 of them and Mm -hmm. nine of them might not work. But that one is, is the thing that punches your ticket. You know, what if the answer was number 10? Yeah. But because you were so scared of losing your money and I've actually gone broke 
a lot of times like taking these chances and yep. it not working out and everyone like everyone's calling me dumb and you know you're like you're not good with your money this and that yep. i'm like you just don't see the vision on what i'm doing i see the vision and so let's say you're the answer is on number 10 but you're so worried about what other people think and you're so worried about being broke that you're not willing to go through one two three four five six seven eight nine yeah to get to that the, the gold yep you gotta have some faith and faith is exactly what it is. If you can firmly believe that something's going to happen, do you know how much that increases the chance of it actually happening? You know, you got to see the, what is it? The forest through the trees or the trees through the forest. <laughs> exactly. You, you got to be able to see, you have to have your eyes on the prize when you, when you're completely blind, you need to be able to know exactly where you're going and what's on the other side. Cause that's going to get you through, you know, the hard times and you have to have a why a why is so, so important. Um, you know, most people, think that their why is money or security or to pay the bills, but it's not, it's deeper than that. And mm -hmm. if you can't connect with that, why you're lost, you know? Exactly. And a, a cool thing too, is like, I also look at life like a video game. So I never play video games, no, no hate out there. If you play video games and that's your thing and that's what you like to do, no hate. Cause people, every time I bring this up, people think I'm hating on people who play video games. I'm not hating on you guys. I'm hating on you guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just joking. Um, but I never play video games. I find it to be a waste of time. Um, and so, so I'm, I never play video games, but then a couple of years ago, I was sort of burned out when I was telling you that. Everything was crumbling. I was like burned out. I was like, I need a break. Um, and I had a friend who, who liked to play games and I was like, all right, I'll play, let me play a game. I need to get my mind off of business for like a week. Yep. I, I downloaded it, Grand Theft Auto 5, I think it was. And I played that, I beat that game within a week. And they're like, and then like, cause I had to go through And as I was like going through the game, I beat it. Um, and it was fun. I was like upgrading everything you upgrade, you know, I remember thinking people literally play games like this every day for years, yep. for years. And I've only played it for a week and deleted it. But I was like, you know, you can upgrade in life, right? Yeah. Right. You know, these little side quests you do. You could do that in life. All these accomplishments, this money you get, this upgraded to the car, this, these clothes, this apartment, whatever it is, you can get this in real life. Why would you play safe? And that's why I realized it is. People are playing safe. They're scared to do it in real life. Yeah. They rather play the video game and live vicariously through the video game in a fantasy. They're fantasizing about it, right? Why do yep. you want to play again? You're fantasizing you're the character. You're living as a character. Why can't you be the character? Be the character. Who does this? A hundred percent, dude. And it's an escape from reality, right? People, and that's a shortcut because people don't want to put in the hard work. But people, one thing I, I just, it never made sense to me is people will go their whole life being miserable without taking a risk to go get their dreams because they're comfortable being miserable. What the fuck? I just, I don't get that. Why, how, if you work at, if you're a, a manager at a insurance company and you hate your job, you hate walking into that gray office with the, you know, unnatural lights all over and the sit fluorescence. Your, yeah, the, yeah, sit in a cubicle, have some dickhead boss come by like, uh, uh, what's that office, office space? space? Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm going to need you to come in on Saturday and also Sunday. How the fuck are you going to go your whole life like that? and think that like defeated it, yeah is it lack of belief that somebody can do it I, I just don't understand because why why in why in your right mind would you go 30 40 years working in that situation when you really could take a year off go chase your dreams or or, or it might take you five years to even get going saving up or whatever but you go after your dreams and if it doesn't work out you're back in the same place just so scared but of what they're scared. I don't know what they're scared of. What but are scared. you scared of? Like, it doesn't make sense. You should be scared of the situation you're in. You should be scared of not hitting your potential. You should be scared of being weak and defeated the rest of your life. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Well, I think uh, a benefit I have was um, I feel like being homeless, being put in that situation was, was the best thing that ever happened to me hmm. because I sort of feel, I mean, it could be like, a teenager uh i had a little bit I, I was a little ambitious as a teenager but i was very lazy teenager you know what i mean uh, maybe most teenagers are but i was very lazy really yeah not, not 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 that much motivation when i became homeless it lit a fire under me for to get out of that situation 
and that fire has stayed lit since then. Mm. And another thing too, remember we're talking about fear. They're scared. Yeah. What are they scared of? You know what they're scared of? And I've, uh, as a barber, I've talked to like thousands of clients. They're scared of being homeless. When we break it down, yeah. When we break it down. So what happens if you become broke? Well, what happens if you lose this? Well, wh- well, I guess like then I'll be homeless. So you're scared to be homeless. Well, look, bro, I've been homeless. And it's nothing to be scared of. And that might be another advantage I have. Because I've been yeah. to where the majority of people are scared to go, I don't fear it. Yep. Yeah, I think it comes down to like basic human instincts, right? We're, we are creatures built off of survival instincts. So like you said, when you're out in the streets, you're really quick. To, if somebody starts talking shit, you got to fucking hit them in the jaw. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, then you're going to get pushed down and that threatens your survival. It, yeah. You know, now your tent that you may be sleeping in maybe gets stolen by somebody who thinks they can push you. I around. never slept in a tent, by the way. Well, whatever, right? Like, <laughs> I'm just saying homeless people in general, like, like they're, you're th- people are driven off of survival. So your brain will make things up. If you see a cord wrapped around, you know, you might think that's a snake because your subconscious mind is looking mm-hmm. for threats. And you're right, dude, because it's it's your subconscious mind looking for threats all the time. And you chasing your dream in your subconscious mind because of the way you were raised and programmed may threaten your survival because then you think, well, what if I don't have a place to, to sleep? What if I don't have a place to eat? What if I don't get food? That's maybe why they make that decision. Maybe that's, I, I don't know. But to me, it always made sense. Like, I'm not going to die if I try to go chase my dreams. The upside is so much greater than the downside. It's like, okay, how much lower can I go? This much. How much higher can I go? How, what's my potential? It is just unreal. The risk versus the winnings. Like, uh, again. For, for, the people, for, for the people who may watch this, listen to this. Let's say you took the leap of faith and you're in a shaky, uncertain time of your life. And you're not really making any money, but you're grinding towards your dreams and you keep falling down. You keep experiencing hurdles. You don't have the answers. You're looking for the answers. You might be in your early 20s or whatever. You're trying to figure it out. One saying I used to tell myself that got me through it all. Every day I would tell myself it would get better before I know it. And I told myself that every single day and it got better before I knew it. In 10 years, it feels like it, uh, it flashed by now. Bro, amazing. Where can people follow you, Jeremiah? They can follow me, uh, follow my Instagram at um, jpro.tv, J-A-Y-P-R-O.tv. You can follow the Louder Media Instagram, L-O-U-D-R Media. Um, Follow Get Louder Podcast on YouTube and... Thank you for having me on, bro. This bro. was amazing. Dude, I'm I'm pumped to do your podcast. And, and, we're, uh, and we're about to do jiu-jitsu tomorrow, too. We're yeah. going to roll for the first time. Yeah, he's going to come hey, I'm, I'm out of shape, though. So I got to say that in case he fucks me up, I have an excuse. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with it when we deal with it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, guys, follow uh, follow him. He's All of his links to his business and his Instagram and everything, Carlos is going to throw those in the description, right? So whether you're watching this on YouTube, Instagram, or, uh, you know, wherever you're watching this or listening to it, go follow this motherfucker, please. I'm telling you and follow his podcast too. Cause he's had a lot of really good guests. Our number one episode was Dan Fulkerson and they just did an interview with Dan Fulkerson. So looking forward to that one and, uh, bro, appreciate you coming on. Thank you, man.